Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Man vs. Reality. I had to have a quick check then to see where we were, but we're on episode 7 already, doing uh, pretty well. Um, still keeping me very interested, finding out all the different things about different things. Uh, a lot of stuff hasn't really surprised me, but um, yeah, some stuff has. And it's always good to at least increase your knowledge a little bit about a situation that you find yourself in. Um, where are we now? Since we last spoke, uh, we've lost another Prime Minister in the UK. Liz Truss resigned in disgrace after doing nothing but destroy Britain even more over the 44 days that uh, she was Prime Minister, which is incredible. That's a record, by the way, for the lowest serving, um, for the like least number of days served in office for any UK Prime Minister since the UK became the uk um i think the one beforehand was in for like uh the previous winner was in for like 110 days which is still double liz truss's record um and the only reason they came out of office was because they died <laughs> so uh there is yet another leadership race that pretty much none of us have any say in whatsoever and um, the tories are still trying to cling on to power as much as possible and not causing, not calling a general election, which is what needs to happen because the country's a mess, and it needs to happen mainly because it looks like Boris Johnson is going to be Prime Minister of the UK again after being basically sacked for being a lying, cheating scumbag, and the last straw was that he employed a repeat sex offender, and it's just gobsmacking. Why? Why? Uh, don't understand. Never going to understand. But anyway, this week on Man vs. Reality, um, I wanted to talk a bit about wealth. Because it's something that I don't really know that much about. Not being, like, dead rich or anything along those lines. And I think it's something that a lot of us don't really understand that much about. Obviously, like, top 1%, they know about everything. I'm going to look at what that is because I don't really know what constitutes being in the top 1%. How much money do you have to earn to be earning more than 99% of the population of the earth? Which is just absolutely crazy. Um, I want to have a quick look at how they structure their wealth as well because they don't seem to be paying their fair share of tax. But the thing is that I think like most people, including myself, don't realise is the way that their wealth is um, structured and like housed, as it were. Like, so take Elon Musk, really, really famous rich guy. Most of his money is in shares of Tesla. So as the, the price of those shares that he owns increases, so does his potential wealth. Because that's what it is. It's his potential wealth. He doesn't actually have all that money in his bank. He, If he sold all of his shares, that's how much money would go into his bank account. That's it. So it's it's like his stocks and shares, any property that he owns, um, and then on top of that is the wage that he gets paid from Tesla every single year, which I don't even know what that is. Um, it might be like 20 grand or something. He might just pay himself 20 grand a year as CEO of Tesla, and then all he has to do legally is pay tax on that, which is a big screw and a con, isn't it? But there you go. That's the that's the way it is. They, uh, it is. It is all a big con. So... Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, yeah, let's just crack straight off. So, let's start with a really, really easy one. What is wealth? What is wealth management? You see, now this is what I want to get into a little bit later on. So, wealth management is obviously the way that they hide, move, and store their money. 
isn't it? That That's going to be what rich people is. But that's not what I want to know. I don't know why he's come up with wealth management. I must have clicked on that by accident rather than just going bank on there. So wealth, here we go. Here's uh, the dictionary definition that's come straight up on uh, Google, on the first page of the Google website. Wealth is an abundance of valuable possessions or money. There you go, you see. Straight away, straight out of the gate, that's a very important thing, the definition, isn't it? So if you're the wealthiest man in the world, then you don't only have a lot of money, but you have a lot of possessions. So that's how you can get around paying taxes and stuff like that. So that's the first... Um, yeah, yeah, so that's the first meaning. The second meaning is a plentiful supply of a particular desirable thing. The tables and maps contain a wealth of information. Yeah, that's quite an interesting one. So the first one, um, he used his considerable wealth to bribe officials. <laughs> Lols. Um, yeah, I imagine that goes on quite a lot, doesn't it? So, yeah, that's a good one to start. So... Oh, excuse me. So, like, as I was saying a minute ago, and, like, I managed to Google myself ahead uh, a little bit by getting onto wealth management, which is always quite good. Actually, I'm going to make a quick note of wealth management because I, my dumbass couldn't think of uh, what it was called before. Um, when I was writing up a list of what I wanted to look into, which I've got on my uh, other screen just over here. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the things I wanted to look at, how people structure their wealth and how they go about hiding it so they don't have to pay any kind of taxes or anything like that. So, wealth. Here's the first few lines from the Wikipedia entry. Wealth is an abundance of valuable financial assets or physical possessions which can be co converted into a form that can be used for transactions. Right, cool. So if you've got a bunch of stuff that you can sell stuff off to make either, obviously, like digital credit money or actual real money, then you are wealthy. This includes the core meaning as held in the original Old English word wheel, W-E-A-L, which is from... Oh, my God, that's... Yeah, that just gets a little bit boring. Sorry, off on a bit of a tangent there. Should have maybe skipped ahead a little bit. So that's basically what wealth is. If you've got a bunch of valuable stuff or a bunch of money, then you are wealthy. So you can be cash rich or you can be asset rich. Um, I imagine a mixture of the two things is what goes into making you rich as fuck, which is what we're going to look into next. So next question I want to have a look at is... We hear all the time about the top 1%. So let's see what makes a person in the top 1%. Right, so this is from Forbes, the first article that's come up. And the first line, just reading off the Google page here, uh, according to recent studies, to be in the top 1% of earners in the US, now we want to look at the UK. I'll carry on reading this in a second anyway, but yeah, I think there might be something. Yeah, so if we go a bit further down, we'll have a look. Um, so to be in the top 1% of earners in the US, you need to bring in an annual salary of at least 597815 So that's 
just under £600,000 per year. This means that the other 99% of earners in the US make less than the euro amount per year, which is what makes sense. Right, so this is another website now because I want to really look into the UK more than anything else because I live in the UK uh, and it's more, um, uh, yeah, whatever. Sorry, I'm a bit tired today, as you could probably tell. I just keep trailing off at the end of sentences, which is always good when you want to do a podcast and try and keep people engaged, mumbling and trailing off. That's what people want to listen to <laughs> while, while they choose their podcast. Um, I'll just blame it on someone else and pretend that I'm drunk. Um, yeah, but it applies a lot more to me being in the UK. So this is from uh, IFS. I think it's something financial services. We'll have a look what that stands for in a second, uh, just to make sure uh, we're on to something interesting. More from the IFS. So this website is uh, ifs.org.uk, and it's an article by Robert Joyce, uh, Thomas Pope, and Barra Rowentree. Uh, and it was published in 2019, and it is the characteristics and income of the top 1%. The richest members of our society get a lot of attention. Much of the public conversation about economic equality is concerned with, loosely, the top 1%. How different they are from the rest, how they got to where they are, and what, if anything, policies should policy should do about it so in other words should they be taxed more than the rest of us because they earn more than the rest of us yes um, there we go simple um cool this briefing note uses data from hmrc's income tax records to document some key facts about the highest income people in the country right so it's showing a video here so uh figure one share of the national income accounted for by the top 1% of us, of... Right, so figure one is a graph and it shows the share of the national income accounted for by the top 1% of adults. So the top 1% of earners, this graph shows us from 1981 uh, up till 2013, maybe just touching on 2014. No, last one's on 2013. In 2013, 14% of the entire income. I'm assuming it's just from the UK. Or is that from worldwide? Um, shares referred to the account. If it's HMRC, then it's just from the UK, isn't it? Okay, yeah. So the top 1% of adults in the UK in 2013 took home 14% of the wealth of the entire country. Just compared to like how much have changed since 1981. In 1981, they were taking home about 6.5% of the total... Um, income for the entire country so it's pretty much doubled uh between 81 and 2013 now we're in 2022 so there's another 10 years of that graph <laughs> to go on the top of there and i shudder to friggin think what is going on the highest income one percent of adults received around 14 percent of national income this share increased significantly in the 1980s as overall inequality increased but the group pulled further away from the rest throughout the 1990s and most of the 2000s until the financial crisis. So where was the financial crisis? That was 2008, wasn't it? 2008, you see a big drop. So in 2008, it looked like they had just shy of 16% of the entire UK's economy in their friggin' pocket. And then after the financial crisis, it dropped down to about 12.5%. 
But obviously, since then, they'll have bounced back and they'll be doing better than ever. Yeah, 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 the rich people. Fucking gross. Uh, Even though income equality across most of the population was actually stable or falling over this period, the, the period during the financial crisis, it's saying. Okay, so some key findings here. I'm just going to read out the highlighted bits. Bear in mind, we've got a few years off this year. To be in the top 1% of income taxpayers in the UK, i.e. to be among the 310,000 individuals with the highest income, a taxable income of at least 160 grand is required. 236,000, so this is money per year, is required to be in the top 0.5% and nearly 650,000 is required to be in the top 0.1%. Holy shit. Right, so we read before that in America, you if you you needed to earn about 600,000 pounds a year to be in the top 1%. In the UK, you only have to earn 160,000 pounds a year to be in the top 1% of UK earners. That is so much fucking lower than I thought it was. And there are only 310,000 people in the UK earning 160 grand a year and above. That just shows how much the rest of us are getting fucked. Holy shit. 43% of adults pay no income tax. And to be in the top 1% of all adults... Or the top... Right, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Right, all the top 540,000 people, a pre-tax income... Ah, right, there we go, so it's lower. Uh, A pre-tax income of 120,000 is required, right? The top 1% of income taxpayers are disproportionately male, middle-aged and London-based. Yeah, that makes more sense, doesn't it? A man aged 45 to 54 in London could be in the top 1% nationally while still needing a further 550 grand to be in the top... Right, cool. Right, so a man aged between 45 and 54 could be in the top 1% nationally for the rest of the country, right, if he lives in London and is middle-aged and a man, but he would still need another £550,000 to be in the top 1% for his gender, age and region. So if he lived in London, he wouldn't be in the top 1% for London, but would be in the top 1% for the entire country. Damn! That's ridiculous. These patterns become more pronounced at even higher income levels. Almost half of the top 0.1% of income taxpayers are based in London. Makes sense, man. It's where all the financial markets are and we're a finance-based economy now because Margaret Thatcher killed all of industries and then we decided to do Brexit which was reliant on industries and self-reliance makes no sense Uh, anyway, sorry Uh, so the top 0.1% of income taxpayers are based in London over 40% are aged 45 to 54 and only 11% of them are women wow I mean, that kind of makes sense because that kind of wealth You've got to acquire it over quite a number of years, I imagine. If you're a taxpayer, you do because you're working for it. You've not inherited it. You're, you, you it's, it's based on pay, this, isn't it? It's not inherited wealth. It's being paid to be wealthy, right? 
women haven't been allowed to work for that long. So it does make sense that it's going to be that much lower. Hopefully it'd be more now. Like I say, we're acting on like old data. This was written in 2019, but the graph we saw at the top only went up to 2013. So even if like, it was written like two years ago, there's still about eight years. Uh, no, there isn't, is there? That's not, that's not maths. There's still about six years missing off the data of that map, of that, uh, of that graph that we were speaking about before. Um, but yeah, so hopefully that's on the rise. Hopefully more women are getting paid that moolah. We know that it's not right. I'm probably going to do another show about like gender issues and pay gaps and stuff like that uh, and issues between the sexes. But, you know, that'll be for another day. Definitely going to bitch about that some more. OK, so the top 1% of income taxpayers have become more geographically concentrated since the turn of the century. The 65 out of 650 parliamentary constituencies with the highest density of people in the top 1% now contain half of all of the top 1%. This is up from 78 constituencies in 2000 and 2001. So it's funny how it says up, but the actual numbers have gone down. So they're more concentrated in a smaller area, basically. So they've gone from living in 78 constituencies all to living in 65 constituencies out of 650 from the whole of the UK. Hmm. Partnerships and dividend income account for over a quarter of the total income of the top 1%. No, 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 don't care about that. Uh, top 1% of income taxpayers are not a stable group. A quarter of those in the top 1% in one year will not be there the next. Damn, fickle, fickle 1%. After five years, only half will still be in the top 1%. Man, so it changes all the time. That is quite interesting. As a result, someone has a much higher chance of being in the top 1% at some point in their lives uh, than they do in any given year. Right? So if you... Obviously, you've got more chance of doing anything throughout the course of your life than you do doing it in one year. That sentence makes no sense. 3.4% of all people... 5.5% of men born in 1963 were in the top 1% of in, in, were in the top 1% of income taxpayers somewhere between 2000 2001 and 2015-2016 that's it that's still a tiny amount of people who are just taking all of our money absolutely ridiculous right so to be in basically to be in the top 1% of the UK you only have to earn 160 grand a year or above. That's basically what that means, what we're looking at there. Let's see if we can find any more information. It'd be interesting to see what you have to earn worldwide. Top 1% income in the world. There we go. Let's have a look at this one. How to make the top 1% list. This is from Investopia. Investopedia, sorry. Investopedia. Um, right, cool. So, how to make this is just reading from the um, front page of the Google search that we've just done. How to make the top 1% list. To be in the top 1%, you must have an annual wage at least $823,763 per year. According to the Economic Policy Institute, wanted to see what. Um, well, that last place stood for, don't it? Right, cool. So, still, it ain't even like a million pounds a year in it. I say that like it's not a lot of money, but it is. It's ridiculous. 
Um, what's the top 1% by income? Let's see if this does any more. So that's that Forbes article that we saw before. The minimum net worth of the top 1% is roughly 11.1 million. Right, so that's what they're worth overall. A person would need to earn an average of $823,736 per year in order to join the top 1%. The widening gaps in wealth and income stem from a variety of factors, including the wealthiest increasing dominance of public and private equity and tax breaks. So we're going to have a look at that again a bit more. So that's another article from uh, Investopedia that we've just been in to have a look at. So in America, you need to earn just under £600,000 to be in the top 1% of earners. In the UK, you earn, if you earn over £160,000 a year, that puts you in the top 1% of earners. Unbelievable. That is so little money, so much smaller than I thought it was. To be in the top 1% of the entire world, you need to earn about $824,000 per year. Right. That's kind of amazing. So that's what you need to be on. I am nowhere near any of that, which is just sad. Right, so let's click back to see that article that I was just uh, reading about because I wanted to have a look at... There. IFS. What does IFS stand for? So just so I know that we were on a reputable site when we were reading all those facts and figures out before. What does IFS stand for? In finance. There we go. So on the first page, it is International Financial Systems. That can't be right. Independent financial systems? No, it's UK. Independent financial solutions. IFS and for. There we go. There's the actual IFS we were looking for. So I'm sorry about that. I just went a bit like, I thought I'd had a stroke for a mild little minute there. So I put in, uh, what does the IFS stand for in finance in the UK? It's coming up with independent financial solutions, but that's not it. We were on an actual website for what looked to be an institution. And from that very website, ifs.org, I just found out that it is the Institute for Fiscal Studies. So we can be pretty much... Um, yeah, sure that those guys knew what they were talking about. They literally do fiscal studies. It's in the title of their fucking institute. So, right. There we go. Thank God for that. Jesus Christ, I thought I was really having one then. Ugh, absolutely ridiculous. Right, so. Oh, sorry. Very dry. Right, so now we uh, know how rich you have to be to be in the top 1%. Um, who's the richest person in the world?
I'm hoping it's going to come up with a list for us. Key takeaways. Da -na 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 -na. Right, so what's this? Uh, yeah, so we're on uh, Investopedia again. Let's have a click on this. So, uh, this was October 16th, 2022. Uh, this is another great website. I'm sure I've been on here a few times. We're doing all the, uh, the um, thingy stuff. Um, and it has got like flyover links where you can see um, who the people who wrote it are, who fact-checked it, who reviewed it, and all of this kind of thing. Uh, it's got a handy list at the side. Oh my god, it's got information about them all as well. That's quite cool. So, top 10 richest people in the world. Number one, Elon Musk. Number two, Jeff Bezos. Ber number three, Bernard Arnold. Number four, Gutam Adani. And uh, number five, Bill Gates. Number six, Warren Buffett. Bill Gates has just gone through a big divorce, hasn't he, and lost half of his chisel. So, yeah, there we go. Number seven, Larry Page. Number eight, uh, Sergey Brin. Number nine, Steve Ballmer. And number ten is Mukesh Ambani. Right, so. Billionaires play an outsized role in shaping the global, global economy, politics, and philanthropy. Forbes puts the number of billionaires in the world at 2,668 in 2022, the wealthiest among them being in an, in an even more exclusive club and to wield even more power. Many of these billionaires are founders of tech giants. Much of their wealth is still invested in the companies that they started. They, however, still borrow against that wealth to avoid selling stock, deferring or eliminating for heirs taxes on unrealized capital gains in the process. So there's some tax dodging for you there. Multi-billionaires can also take advantage of a penelope of tax deductions to offshore reported income, leaving some on the list as paying no income tax in recent years. Dirty bastards. <laughs> but like I say, it depends how they... Uh... Right, so let's have a look at this. So there's, uh, there's some like little bullet points at the top of each one of these kind of things. So Elon Musk is number one on the list. Uh, he's 51. He's in Texas. He's the co-founder and CEO of Tesla. I'm pretty sure he bought it, but whatever. Um, his net worth, $228 billion. Oh, vile. Uh, he owns 15% of Tesla, uh, which is 99.3%. At 99.3 billion of his 228 billion net worth. Okay, so his other assets, space exploration and technology, that's oh, wicked. This gives you such a good breakdown of everything where all of his money is, basically. So he's got 99.3 billion in Tesla. Uh, SpaceX, he's got 46.9 billion. Private asset as well, wow. Uh, the Boring Company, which is him digging big holes, 3.3 billion. Twitter, 3.8 billion. Does he own Twitter now? I don't think he did, did he? And then he's got 17.8 billion in cash. That's wonderful. That's exactly what I was looking for before when I wanted to find out about like wealth management and stuff. Uh, and then obviously it gives you all. All of these people have in common is um, either the mummy or daddy got them started or that's about it. Or they were very lucky. Uh, Jeff Bezos. 
58, born in Washington. He um, is the founder and executive chair of Amazon, and he's worth 144 billion. So the number two is nearly 100 billion behind Musk. <laughs> That's insane. That's just nuts money, isn't it? He's got a 10% ownership stake in Amazon, which is worth $121 billion. Other assets, Blue Origin, because these assholes like to go to space because they can just afford to it. Yeah, Blue Origin is his space personal space project. He's got $9.15 billion in there. The Washington Post, wow. He owns that, $250 million private asset in the Washington Post, and $14.1 billion in cash. Bernard Arnold. Now, I've never heard of this dude. Uh, he is 73, lives in Paris. He is the CEO and chair of LVMH. No idea what that is. It's a luxury goods company. Uh, the brands include Louis Vuitton, Hennessy, Marc Jacobs, and Sephora. And Sephora. <coughs> Christ on a bike. Um, Christian Dior. He he has a Christian Dior ownership stake of ninety seven point five percent, which is a hundred and eleven billion. Uh, he has a Molis Company Equity stake, which is worth twenty one point three billion. Hermes Equity unsolicited, undisclosed stake, so we don't know how much he does there. And then he's cash rich eight point nine billion. I just have that point nine, man. Uh, Gutamandi is 40. Uh, he lives in India. Uh, Co-founder and chair of the Adani Group. A-D-A-N-I Group. Uh, he's worth $125 billion. Uh, Bill Gates, here we go. 66 lives in Washington. Co-founder of Microsoft. Net worth $111 billion still. Jesus Christ. His ownership stake of Microsoft is only 1.3%, and it's worth $25.6 billion. That's fucking nuts. He also has a Cascade Investment, which is a $51.8 billion stake, and he's got $52.4 billion in cash. Bill Gates does a lot of good stuff with it, though, but, I mean, he still shouldn't have that much money. It's gross, isn't it? Warren Buffett, 92, lives in Nebraska. Berkshire Hathaway is the CEO of his. It's the company he's CEO for. Ninety-eight point two billion is worth. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway ownership stake. He's got sixteen percent worth ninety-seven billion, and then he has one billion in cash. And I know Warren Buffett's name, but I don't think I recognise him if I tripped over him. Larry Page, forty-nine from California, co-founder and board member of Alphabet. Net worth ninety-three point six million. He has a 6% ownership stake in Alphabet, $79.5 billion in cost, and then $14.1 billion in cash. No women on this list. Nine. Ah, okay, okay. No, no women on this list going all the way down to the bottom. Fun times. All right, so there we go. So that's been quite a nice little uh, <laughs> run through there. And the top 10 richest people in the world who all happen to be men, which is quite uh, amazing. I would have liked the... Let's have a see. CEO of SpaceX. I have to dig through this information. I'd rather...
Right. So I was. Hmm. I wanted to have a look there to see if it said like how much. Right. There we go. So in November 6, 2021, tweet Musk asked his Twitter audience whether he should sell 10% of his Tesla stock farming the issue as a response to criticism of unrealized capital gains as a means to avoid taxes. He proceeded to sell shares worth 16.4 billion over the remainder of 2021. U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren, a Massachusetts Democrat, cited a media report that Musk paid no income tax for 2018 to argue for the adoption of a wealth tax. And if you open your eyes for two seconds, you realise I will pay more taxes than any American in history this year, Musk responded on Twitter. Thanks to a surge in Tesla shares, and private transactions boosting the reported valuation of SpaceX. Musk led the global wealth ranking has continued to grow. His net worth hit a high of $340 billion in November 2021. That's a gross amount of money. Well, it doesn't allow the dude pays any fucking tax, does it? I'd like to, like... Ask him how I could sleep at night, but he'll just say, Oh, you're in a big comfy bed rolling around in money. God, I hope you get hit by a Tesla. Not really. Obviously, I don't wish people dead. Hmm. Uh, I just wish that he'd pay some tax so people don't have to be poor. Or he could at least, you know, like double the wages of all his staff and not just keep all the money. The reason that his stocks are rising in price is because he's like, the Teslas are so popular, they're selling loads of them, and the company is just keeping the money and hoarding it like a dragon, when they could be paying like everybody who works there double and not even give a shit. Oh, it's gross. Makes you want to be sick. Right, so we'll go from that. Richest person in the world. Elon Musk, 241 billion at the minute. He did have 350 billion at the height of his richness at the end of 2001. So now let's look at the average. Wage in 2022. Don't know why I put a D. There we go. Right, so this is ons.gov.uk on the first page of Google. Average weekly earnings were estimated at £601. Ooh, that's gross. For total pay. That can't be right. Average weekly earnings, right. Let's have a look at this. Right, so it's saying here, so this is Stratista. Median monthly pay of employees between uh, 2014 and 2022. So on July in 2014, the average median pay of the UK employee was £1,598 per month. Now the average is uh, 
2111. Yeah, 2,110 per month. And let's go for yearly. Okay, okay, so. Standoutcv.com. What is the average salary in the UK now? So it's taken us straight to it. Standoutcv.com this is. There are technically a few, few ways to view the data of average pay in the UK, but let's keep it simple. The latest data from ONS, uh, that's the Office of National Statistics, shows the following. Mean average salary of those working full-time is 31,447. The mean average salary of employees in the UK is 31,447. Median average salary for those working full-time is 31, so that's the midpoint, 31,285. The median average salary for all employees in the UK. So that's full-time and part-time then, I imagine. It's 38,131. So if we take 31,447 as our um, doodah, uh, yeah, as our, so what's, right, so let's just do a little thing to check on what's average. Like, what are they, mean, median, and mode, aren't they? Just to double check this, so I'm not. Uh... Yeah, I think it's going to be a video. I don't want to be playing that. Thanks very much. Uh, obviously, trying to stay away from videos because I don't really know. Um... What? Uh, yeah, I don't really want people chasing me up copyright stuff. So this is Britannica.com. Man, this, this is Encyclopedia Britannica, but online. This is like what Wikipedia was before it was Wikipedia. Mean, median, and mode. In mathematics, the three principal ways of, of uh, designating the average value of a list of numbers. The arithmetic mean is found by adding the numbers and divided them by the sum of numbers there are. So basically, to find the mean of the UK salary, you add up the salary for everyone work. So this laptop one there. So to find that the mean of that salary there, you add up the salary for everybody working full time in the UK, and then you divide it by the amount of people who are working full time in the UK, and you will get that thirty one thousand. Okay. Uh, this is what I'm most often meant by an average, yeah? So the median is the middle value in the list uh, orders from smallest to largest. Okay, so the median for everybody working full-time is actually lower, which is quite surprising. So if you put, if you get the um, lowest salary and the highest salary, then 
the median is the one that's in the middle of both of those salaries. Okay, uh, the mode is the most frequent occurrence, which is why it's not mentioned there. So the mode is the one that comes up most most often. So say like more people than anybody else paid twenty grand a year, then that would be the mode salary for the UK. They haven't worked that out. Um, but yeah, so that's good. So we'll go for the mean because that makes the most sense, doesn't it? So it's adding up all of the salaries together in the UK and then dividing them by the amount of people uh, working full time in the UK. So that's what mean is. So that's it. 30. So let's get a calculator up, shall we? And do some mathematics. It's going to run my a different screen. Let's. Oh, hey, there we go. So standard, right? So thirty-one four four seven divided by twelve. So you're on two thousand six hundred and twenty pounds fifty-eight per month. Not too bad. Um. Uh, right, so three one four four seven uh, minus twenty percent. So that's how much tax you're paying per year on that. So you've got six because you'd be at twenty percent tax. You're going to get £6,289.40% tax. Obviously, it doesn't really work like that, does it? Because you've got a certain amount before of non-taxable income that you can earn before that. But, yeah, that's just a rough estimate. So it'd be, it'd be roughly twenty five grand after tax. Yeah, like I say, it doesn't really work out. It depends on your circumstances, depending on your tax code and all that kind of thing, because you're allowed to earn a certain amount. So you're probably looking at about 27, 28 grand um, actual take-home pay off that. Uh, yeah, so let's prove a point. We were looking at how rich the richest people in the world were before, which is kind of like staggering to the imagination like, it's really hard to get your head around those numbers. So let's have a quick look at a million. Like, how long would it take to earn? Um, yeah, how long would it take to earn a million pounds if you were on £3,447 per year? So one, one, two, three, four, five, six. One and six zeros is a million. Divided by 31,447, which is the average pay for the UK for a year. So if you didn't, uh, so if you didn't get any tax and you didn't spend a goddamn thing and you just put your wages in the bank every single month of the year, every single year, it would take you. 32 years, close enough, 31.79 years to earn a million pounds. Okay, 
that's a million. So you'd have to, if you were getting paid the average pay that they pay in the UK today, it's going to take you thirty one point eight years to earn a million pounds. All right. So now you want to really get your freaking mind blown. Let's cancel that off and let's do a billion. So it's one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that's a one. That's this is one billion. All right. Bearing in mind, Elon Musk was worth three hundred and fifty billion at the height of his richness. So how long would it take you to earn a billion on the UK's average salary? So we're doing one billion divided by thirty-one thousand four hundred and forty-seven. It would take you thirty-one thousand seven hundred and ninety-nine and a half years. <clears throat> okay, so. Thankfully, if you're watching the video, you can see all the sums that I've just been doing at the side there. So there's the, the second one down is like the rough tax. I don't know why I'm pointing at it with my finger. I've got this cursor here. So, um, yeah, so that's how much you're taking on a month, two, six. Uh, after tax, you're probably going to get a bit more than that. You'll probably be looking at like uh, 27, 28 grand per year, depending on your allowances and all that kind of stuff. To earn a million pounds at the average UK wage, if you didn't spend a goddamn cent and didn't get taxed at all, it would take you 31.8 years. All right? To earn a billion pounds at the average UK wage, it would take you 31,799.5 years <laughs> to earn one billion at the average wage. That's how much of a piss take it is that rich people are getting so rich. Okay, so... Let's have a look now at uh, the difference. I don't know why I'm doing it there. Let's go back to Google. Okay, so that's good fun. So 31,500 per year uh, is the average for the UK. So let's have a look at the difference between CEO and average worker. In the UK. So, uh, this first one that comes up on the Googles is um, it's CEO salary in the United Kingdom from www.salary.com. The average CEO salary in the UK is £368,402 per year. As of March 12th, 2021. But the range typically falls between 278,260 and 570. Jesus. And 570,403 pounds. That's quite a big range. How much more? So this is from bigissue.com. 109 times more the average salary. T. I shouldn't have put that calculator away just yet, should I? Because we can look at that. We've just been doing that kind of stuff. Wait, what if I just clicked on there? No, that was the wrong thing, wasn't it? Calculator, there we go. Why has it come up so big and daft now? Okay, okay. Uh, everything's going wrong. No. Come on. 
make it as small as we can see it. There we go. All right, so. Uh, I knew I should have done that. So if we do three, six, two, four, oh, two. And then we go back. And do divided by three, one, four, four, seven equals 11 times. It's 11 times bigger. Yeah, 11 and a half times bigger. So the average CEO is getting paid 11 and a half times more than the average UK worker. That's bonkers. So where did that 109 come from, I wonder? 109 times. The median pay for chief executives in the FTSE 100 companies rose to 3.41 million in 2021. Up from 2.46 million. Okay. So this is a C. I don't get where this is coming from here. Right, so we've just done the averages then. This is just like a, the ridiculous amount of much. That means bosses. Oof. That's incredible. Right. <laughs> CEOs made 324 times more than their median workers in 2021, uh, union report finds. But we've just seen there, we've just done the average CEO for the UK's salary, divided by the average salary for the average full-time worker in the UK. And on average, they're getting paid 11.5 times more. Most of these figures are coming up with like ridiculous stuff. What do CEO, CEOs really earn in the UK? So we're getting into ridiculous times. Should we see if we can Google why has... Worker pay. The gap. So I'm just Googling now. UK, yes, there we go, cool. Why has the gap between CEO and worker pay increased so much in the UK? Rutters, CEO pay rebounds, gap widens with workers. Reports say, ugh. In the Guardian. Pay gap between UK workers and executives narrow. Well, that's not what anybody else is saying. Executive pay up 39% since pandemic. Oof. Pay gap widens as executives enjoy 39% hike. <laughs> oh my God, this is the worst thing in the world. 
top CEO pay is now 120 times that of the average earner. Pay ratios at the equity trust. Our brand new party tracker reveals the CEOs in the UK, top 100 companies, now pocket an average of 5.3 million each year. Or 386 times that on the average worker. So like the top 100 companies in the UK, you'd expect them to have ridiculously, disgustingly overpaid CEOs, wouldn't you? Right, so let's have a look at this. So this is prospectmagazine.co.uk. How did the gap between CEO pay and that of ordinary workers get so wide? So this is from October 6, 2022. It says November 22 on it there for some reason. They must have updated it. Um, which isn't really just ah, I could just do with like some footnotes uh, they've got one of the most unequal companies in Britain that's quite cool I don't think this is going to be anywhere near easy to answer is it biggest pay gap financial industries yeah i'm looking for something with some uh... so again 109 times it's coming up there and um, what's the ideal ratio of ceo to average worker pay 2021, it was estimated that CEO to worker compensation ratio was 398.8 in the US. Oh, holy shit. Who is the highest paid CEO in the UK? That's quite an interesting one. Sebastian D. Montesus of the mining company Endeavour, who was paid 16.9 million. Damn. So this is uh, Reuters. UK CEO pay rebounds and the gap widens with workers, report says. London, May 23rd, British chief execs pay is on track to exceed their employees' median earnings by more than ever before. By even more than before the COVID-19 pandemic as profits and exec bonuses rebound a report of the British High Pay Centre showed on Monday. Latest updates. Boris Johnson boredoms. Yeah, that's cool. Pay gaps are set to rebound post-pandemic. According to the think tank which focuses on economic inequality. Widening pay gap comes to both British households. Across employees as a whole, pay for 10% earners rose, rose by 11.1%. Oh, shit, you see, right, so uh, across employees as a whole, pay for the top 10% of earners rose by more than 11.1% in the year to March, compared with the median of 5.5% and just 0. So most workers got a 5.5% rise, the top 10% of earners got an 11.1% rise, and the bottom 10% of earners got a 
0.9% rise. So the people who need the most money got a 0.9% rise and the people with the most money got an extra 10% more of a rise than those with the least. Our society is a mess. Absolutely incredible, isn't it? Yeah, so this is just going to be absolutely ridiculous. So the average, <clears throat> the pay for the average uh, CEO in the UK is 11 times, 11 and a half times bigger than the pay for the average full-time worker in the UK. So anyway, let's have a look at wealth management, move on to a little bit of that. Because I don't understand why they're allowed to get so much money and get away with it. I imagine it's due to wealth management and the government that we've got in charge so the reason that liz truss has had to go is because she's just tanked the economy because she was trying to bring in more pay rises for the richest people in society and as you've seen on the trickle down uh, economics episode if you've not watched that go and have a look it doesn't freaking work and it's absolutely gross okay so uh how does wealth management work Wealth managers provide holistic finance advice to help their clients grow and protect their wealth. The advice goes beyond just providing advice on a client's investments or designing a financial plan for them. Wealth managers generally work with clients with a higher net worth than a financial planner might. Right, so these are basically the con artists that teach you how to hide your money to invest rather than to keep cash and all that kind of thing. So let's have a look at this. This is from uh, Investopedia again. Investopedia. I like this site because, like I was saying before, it's got and it does um, a key takeaway. Right, cool. What is wealth management? Key takeaways wealth management is an investment advisory service that combines other financial services to address the needs of an affluent client. A wealth management advisor is a high-level professional who manages an affluent client's wealth holistically, typically for one set fee. The service is usually appropriate for wealthy individuals with a broad array of diverse needs. Wealth management example. Here we go. Generally speaking, wealth management offers... Uh, why wealth management offices have a team of experts and professionals available to provide advice across different fields. For example, consider a client who has two million in investable assets, in addition to a trust for their grandchildren, and a partner who has recently passed away. A wealth management office would not only invest these funds in a discretionary account, but also provide will and trust services required to tax required for tax minimization and estate planning. Wealth management advisors in the direct employ of an investment firm may have more knowledge in the area of investment strategy, while those who work for a large bank may... Blah, blah, blah. Wealth management business structures, fees for wealth management, 
So the wealth management strategies of the wealth manager. Right, here we go. This is what I want to have to do. The wealth manager starts by developing a plan that will maintain and increase a client's wealth based on their financial situation, goals and risk tolerance. Importantly, each part of a client's financial picture, whether it's tax planning or wills and estates, are coordinated together to protect the wealth of the client. This may coincide with financial projections and retirement planning. After the original plan is developed, a manager meets regularly with clients to update goals, review, rebalance the financial portfolio. At the same time, they may invest <laughs> whether additional services are needed, with the ultimate goal being to remain in the client's service throughout their lifetime. So basically, wealth management is where you hire a company to keep you as rich as possible uh, with expending as little money as possible. So is it basically a personalised plan to keep you in the dosh? Um, yeah. Adverts about trading platforms. There we go. So before we saw, um, when we were talking about the richest people in the world, we basically saw a breakdown of how their wealth is distributed. Um, so they are cash rich, um, basically. Uh, but it's not as much as the riches that they have in stocks and shares of their company. So basically their untaxable assets are worth more than the money that they've got in the bank. And obviously once that money's gone in your bank, you can't really be taxed on it, can you? If it's just sat there doing anything, once you've already earned it. Well, I wonder what... Uh, what is Elon Musk's yearly pay? What is Elon Musk's? Right, so he's. <laughs> Monthly income salary, 200 million plus. Yearly income, 2,400 million plus. So why the fuck is he not paying tax on all that? Musk salary earnings assets and companies. No, go away. This is from cacknowledge.com. <laughs> C A <laughs> C A knowledge.com. Birth biological age. Net worth career frequently asked questions. Let's go to these frequently asked questions about Elon Musk. Elon Musk's total net worth. What is his real age? What is the name of his wife? What is his height? Why is no one asking why he's not paying tax? Let's Google how much tax he pays. Has an estimated salary of 2,400 million per year. I mean, didn't his wife come out and say he was on pauper's wages? What does she think paupers are? Fucking idiot. Is 
Elon Musk is being paid minimum wages. Starting from... <laughs> Since 2016. Alright, let's have a look at this. Yeah, I think this is just a big shower of testicles. Isn't it? From QRF. So this is just where people put up basically what their, their opinions is. How much does Elon Musk make a day? £51,000. Now this twat pair has just said he's been paying it. He's being paid from three... 35,000 to 50 grand a year. It's a bit of a drop down from a suspected 2,400 million. <laughs> you definitely have 35 grand a year, you dumb twats. Um, tax per year. So, what's Elon Musk's tax per year? About 11 billion. New York, uh, CNN. Elon Musk's tax bill. 11 billion. Tesla's zero pounds. Why is that? Elon Musk has repeatedly bragged. Jesus Christ. CNN business. You need to stop trying to force ads into my face holes. Um, or perhaps complain that he'll pay more federal taxes for 2021 than anyone has ever paid. About 11 billion. But Tesla apparently won't pay a cent. Tesla may not plan to pay federal taxes. It's time out for the foreseeable future. Even though the company just had its most profitable year in 2021, an income of 5.5 billion. And adjusted income of $7.6 billion. I don't know what that means, whether it's from abroad or what. Moving profits overseas. Sullivan said he believes 130 million loss on its UK operations is most likely to due. International commemoration structure. Blah, blah, blah. So this is like Tesla doesn't expect to pay US taxes anytime soon. Government support for its electric cars. Now once again, this is common practice for companies that lose money. So basically they're getting tax breaks, aren't they? Which is always good fun. Right, so how do they manage to get away with that then? So this, as far as I believe, there are two different ways of doing it. There's an, a legal way and a le an illegal way. So tax avoidance is the legal way. Tax evasion is the illegal way. So tax avoidance is where you legally do things to not pay any tax. And tax evasion is where you purposefully don't pay your tax. But let's have a look. Tax avoidance and tax evasion. Tax evasion means concealing income or information from tax authorities, and it is illegal. Tax evasion, tax avoidance, means legally reducing your taxable income. So let's see if it gives us... Right, cool. So this is quite a nice breakdown, it looks like. So this is nerdwallet.com, and it's tax evasion versus tax avoidance definitions and differences. So this might be a good... 
What is tax evasion? Tax evasion is the use of illegal methods of concealing income or information from the IRS or other tax authorities. Tax evasion can result in fines, penalties and or prison time. What is tax avoidance? Tax avoidance is the use of legal methods of reducing taxable income or tax owed. Claiming allowed tax deductions and tax credits are a common tactic, as is investing in tax-advantaged accounts, such as IRAs or 401ks. The difference between evasion and avoidance largely boils down to two elements. Tax avoidance is structuring your affairs so you pay the least amount of tax due. Tax evasion is lying on your income tax form and any other forms, says Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a shit way of writing it. Oh, you see, now look, it sounds like I'm a knobhead now, but it's not. It says, says Beverly Hills. California-based tax attorney Mitch Miller. So yeah, Mitch Miller says it, Beverly Hills doesn't. I was like, that's an asshole name. Your parents hated you. But it's not a real thing. Mm -hmm. Putting money in 401ks or taking advantage of tax-deductible donations are perfectly legal methods of lowering tax bill, tax avoidance. As long as you follow the rules. Concealing assets, income or information to dodge liability typically constitutes tax evasion. So, one is a legal uh, method of paying less tax. The other is an illegal one. Examples of tax evasion. Paying for childcare under the table, so cash in hand. Um, ignoring overseas income. So any um, income that you've got that comes from overseas, you just don't write on your tax form. Well, that's that. Banking on a cryptocurrency. Using virtual currency won't get you through any secret loopholes. Cryptocurrency. Maybe relatively novel, but the IRS already has rules about them. Right, so they're doing that anyway. Not reporting income from an all-cash business or illegal activities. So getting paid cash in hand. Examples of tax avoidance. When it comes to tax avoidance, there are plenty of ways to reduce your tax bill legally. Capitalise on tax-advantaged retirement accounts, such as 401ks. And individual retirement accounts a popular method of... So basically a pension. 401k is a pension, right? But America, America pension. So if you put money in straight into your 401k instead of keeping it in a normal bank account, then you don't have to pay tax on it. Okay, okay. Uh, learn more about the world of tax deductions and credits. You might qualify paid for tuition, daycare, medical expenses, or even salary taxes. Right, cool. So, yeah, so the illegal one tax evasion there's nothing you can really do about that if people are going to break the law and lie about it there is nothing you can do about it so tax avoidance is the big one that you can do things about in it because it's all going to be like tax um, avoidance and loopholes what is an example of a tax loophole this is from financeyahoo.com. If you loan someone money and never paid it back, you might be able to deduct it from your taxes. That's really weird. Sorry, there's a hair on my microphone that's really dim my head. Uh, cool. Is tax avoidance legal?
Loophole definitions. Da -da 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 -da. Right, so this is common tax avoidance schemes from patrickcannon.net. Um, right, so these are common tax avoidance scheme, umbrella payroll schemes. So this is what people use to uh, avoid paying tax legally. Umbrella payroll schemes are common in the UK. They occur when you pay from an umbrella company. From the umbrella company is divided into small payments, which goes through the payroll and is subjected to PAYE, indicating that you are only paying tax on some of your income. A much larger payment without any tax liability or national insurance. I don't really get how that works. That sounds very complicated. The larger payment comes from a different account than the first payment, and it's usually from overseas. I don't really get uh, um, that. Right, let's read that first one again. Umbrella payroll schemes are common in the UK. These occur when your pay from the umbrella company is divided into small payment, into a small payment which goes through and is subject to PAYE, indicating that you are only paying tax on some of your income and a much larger payment without any tax liability or national insurance deducted. So they only tax you on a small part of your pay and then just chuck you the rest of the money under the table. Surely that's illegal. The scheme promoter promises that you can keep 95% of your pay without income tax or national insurance. And some promote and some promoters even claim the HMRC is aware and have approved the arrangements. Jesus Christ. Right, so this is when someone does it for you. That's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it's saying it's very high risk. These schemes may involve dishonest and non-disclosure, therefore may cross the line from tax avoidance to tax evasion. How is it not tax evasion, that one? I don't know about that. Right. Disguised remuneration schemes. Disguised remuneration schemes come in many different forms, but what they have in common is that it promotes the claim that the schemes replace taxable income with non-taxable payments, such as loans out of an employee benefit trust. Okay, so instead of paying you a wage that's taxable, they pay you out of a benefit trust, which doesn't occur any tax. The Supreme Court decided last year, in the Rangers case, that many of these loan schemes do not work as a technical matter, and that the tax avoided is still payable. Right, so this doesn't really... Yeah, so basically, instead of paying you out of the company uh, profit and paying you an actual wage that's taxable, they'll pay you from um, a loan scheme, a loan or a benefit account, which is non-taxable. Amazing. Penalties for tax avoidance. Larger fines. Right, so that gave us like two really, really complicated ways there. Uh, 
than I'm sure are UK's richest people. Right, so this is a, an article from The Guardian, more than two years old, but let's have a look what it says. UK's richest people exploiting loophole to cut their tax rate, obviously. More than 9,000 of the rich people in the UK collecting more than 1 million each in capital gains last year, exploiting a loophole that could result in them paying a tax rate as low as 10%. So the average tax rate in the UK is 20% for salaries between, it says down there, 12,000 and 50 grand. Above 50 grand it goes up. Data shows 9,000 people paid just 5.1 billion on 33.7 billion in capital gains income. God, it's all just a con everywhere, isn't it? Tax avoidance schemes currently in the, in the spotlight. That looks complicated, but it is a government one. Uh, right. Right, so that's, uh, let's see, let's just Google tax loophole, see if that comes up with anything else. A tax loophole is a tax law provision or a shortcut of legislation that allows individuals or companies to lower their tax liability. Loopholes are legal um, and allow income or assets to be moved with purpose of avoiding tax. What are examples of tax loopholes? If you loan somebody money and never pay it back. Yeah, that's, that's cool, 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 cool. What are some tax loopholes from the rich? And this looks quite interesting. Tax and loopholes only the rich know. So this is uh, goldbankingrates.com. One, claim deprecation. For federal income tax purposes, deprecation is a deduction that allows you to recover the cost or other basis of certain property. Oh, okay. Let's get the deduction. Da, da, da. Uh, deduct business expenses, so you can uh, get tax back on travel, on vehicle, on office supplies, on work-related education expenses, or a home office. Hire your kids. Business owners who turn their venture into a family affair can put money back into their own pockets. For example, hiring your kids huh? offers potential tax benefits. According to the IRS, payments for the service of a child under age 18 who works for his or her parent in a trade or business and not subject to social security and medicare taxes that's only if they're young though that's child exploitation though that isn't it roll forward business losses trump claimed so this is mainly about how donald trump avoided his taxes isn't it Trump claimed a total of 1.4 billion in losses. 
from his car businesses, 2008-2009, the New York Times reported. Uh, By rolling forward these losses, Trump was able to later claim a 72.9 million tax refund. How exactly this all works is a little complicated. I'm not going to read it then, because my brain's boggled with all this anyway. Earn income from investments and not your job. Instead of working for their money, wealthy, wealthy people can make money work for them. Florida Investments that offer distributions, such as real estate investment trusts and master limited partnerships, are set up in ways that can bring a steady, steadily generated income. Invest in stocks or invest in real estate by purchasing rental properties. Remember, you'll have to make a significant uh, upfront investment to see your returns. So if you uh, buy stocks or property and the value of that goes up, and you, but you keep that property instead of selling it, you won't be able to get taxed on it before you sell it. But surely you get taxed on that when you sell it because it goes into your income, right? Unless you just keep moving it around and you just stay rich instead of being like cash rich. Sell real estate you inherit. If you inherit a piece of property, you can maximise the capital gains taxes by taking advantage of the step up in the step up in basis. Normally, you buy a piece of land for two. This is in dollars, so it's all American still. Uh, sell that land for four hundred and fifty. You'll owe tax on that two hundred and fifty gain. However, if your parents purchase the land for two hundred and you inherit it. Your new basis will be the fair market value of the property at the time you inherit it. If you sell it immediately, you won't owe tax on all of that 250 that you gain. Oh, okay. That's weird. Buy whole life insurance. Buy a yacht or a second home. Most Americans don't have the cash to buy a boat or a second home, but having multiple residences can lessen a rich person's tax bill. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, that's again, that's depending on where your address is. If you own a home and itemise your deductions on your tax return, you can, usually re- you can usually deduct property taxes and the interest you pay on your mortgage. Though there is an upper limit of 10 grand. Open a HSA. A health savings account is a tax deferred account. Originally designed for healthcare expenses. However, when used properly, the account can become triple tax free. Jesus Christ. Open solo 401k plan. So that's like your um, retirement thing. Defer your income. You only pay access on the income you receive in any given year. Even if you complete work and are entitled to pay, you don't actually have to receive the payment until the following year, so you won't owe taxes on it until then. Harvest tax losses. UK tax law states that you pay capital gains tax on profits you take in taxable accounts. Worse still, if your gains are short-term in nature, meaning you held them for a year or less, you'll have more tax to pay. 
If you're in the top federal tax bracket, that means 37% of tax. The smart way around this short-term gains tax is to harvest capital losses to offset these gains. Oh, it's unreal, isn't it? So that is basically a guy that we, the guy that we were talking before. He was he's a wealth manager, isn't he? So that's basically advice on how to get round thirty-five ways to save on tax. Amazing. Right. So let's have one last look at tax havens. Tax haven. A tax haven is a jurisdiction with very low effective rates of taxation for foreign investors. In some traditional definitions, a tax haven is often financial security. Right, so this is taxjustice.net. What is a tax haven? Although there isn't a universally agreed definition of what tax haven is, tax haven generally refers to a country or jurisdiction that enables multinational corporations and individuals to escape the rule of law in the countries where they operate and live and pay less tax than they should in those countries. The term security, uh, the term secrecy jurisdiction is sometimes used instead of tax haven to refer to jurisdictions that specialize in enabling individuals to hide their wealth and financial affairs from the rule of law more than enabling multinational corporations to shift tax out of countries where they operate in order to pay less tax right cool so it's a little bit dodgy but it's basically uh, A place where uh, you can keep your money to pay less tax on it. Okay. Offshore finance explained. Go away. Right here we go. So that's basically what we've just read. Uh, tax havens nearly always deny being tax havens. <laughs> Lols. Where are these tax havens? Why would a country or state decide to become a tax haven? What is a shell company? Why are they called shell companies? Shell company is a legal entity created as a tax haven. As shell companies typically exist only on paper with no full-time employees or no office. A single office building in the Cayman Islands, for example, is home to 19,000 tax companies. Rules differ, but the actual owners of many shell companies are not disclosed in, in incorporation documents some use the term shell company or offshore company interchangeably what are shell companies used for legally and legal and illegal purposes shell companies can hold money luxury homes intellectual property businesses or other assets they also play a vital role in facilitating the flow of illicit money around the globe Rich but otherwise average folk, including dentists and at least one Albanian greengrocer, use shell companies. 
uh, for reasons that may include making it harder for potential creditors, including former spouses, displeased business partners, or tax inspectors to identify and recoup monies allegedly owed. Investments made through tax shelters can be especially lucrative owing to significant tax savings an offshore companies may enjoy. Bob Geldof Madonna and a UA and US Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross are among bold face names that the ICIJ, which is the uh, website I'm on, has linked to shell companies. Some, like Queen Elizabeth II, say they don't even know they have uh, invested offshore. Right, so uh, how do companies benefit from tax havens? So this is what I actually wanted to know here. Businesses, especially those that transact across borders, enjoy massive tax savings by routing payments, profits and investments through subsidiaries in offshore financial centres. Big pharmaceutical companies, for example, might set up a new entity in Bermuda or the Netherlands and shell that entity. a patent for a profitable drug. The parent company might then pay a big licensing fee to the offshore company, which in turn would allow it to record lower profits at home. So basically you're paying yourself your own money <coughs> and, and pay a lower tax bill. Drug companies have avoided billions of dollars in tax this way, according to Oxfam. Each year, companies avoid paying more than $500 billion in taxes using methods like these. Some pay little or no tax on their home uh, countries. Notable tax avoidance avoiders include Apple, Johnson & Johnson and Skype. Companies often say shell companies encourage foreign investment and give deals done that wouldn't otherwise. They also incorporate offshore, many say, to avoid paying taxes twice on the same pot of money. Experts say these defences are either overblown or mythical. Want to know more? Right, so basically a tax haven or a shell company is somewhere where you send all your money, where you pay either little or no tax whatsoever. And it takes the money out of your company. So say your company is based in the UK and you've made a million pounds profit. And then you send like 900,000 um, to the shell company in like Bermuda or somewhere like that. And you say, well, the com that's that company's money. 900,000. So the only taxable money I've actually ma made in the UK is 100,000 not the rest of that million that I've hidden somewhere else. So that's how you avoid paying much less tax. What does it mean when a company says it pays the taxes it owes? Where are they owed? Experts refer to this as a tax mantra. It allows corporations to appear to be good corporate citizens, but does not contradict the fact that many of these companies use loopholes. How do you set up a shell company? I'm not really bothered about that. I'm just interested in what they pay. Who else my shell companies work? How much does it cost to start one? 
so yeah. How much money is stashed offshore? It's impossible to know for sure. <clears throat> That's part of the point, it's all secret. French economist Gabriel Zuckman estimates that an equivalent of 10% of global GTP is held offshore. About 5.6 trillion US dollars. US economist James Henry estimates as much as 32 trillion. Jesus Christ. Why isn't there a big crackdown on offshore companies? One reason, some of the most powerful countries in the world are major players. Offshore money flows through overseas territory of the United Kingdom, the US of States, of Delaware, Wyoming, Nevada, South Dakota, and through Switzerland and the Netherlands. However, since the Panama Papers were first published, there has been a push in the US to eliminate corporate secrecy. Some experts are at optimistic now, when was this article done doesn't really say no oh, sucks yeah it was a really good article actually from the ICIJ uh, there we go April 6 2020 and uh, the two people who wrote uh, the article uh, yeah, four years after the Panama Papers, the ICIJ continues to report on tax havens and those who exploit them. Right, so let's just read this first uh, paragraph. Uh, tax revenue keeps civilization afloat, but not all taxpayers pay, play by the same set of rules. With the help of lawyers and accountants, white shoe professionals and complicit Western governments, so this is going to be like a lot about the UK, that complicit Western government shizzle, the wealthy and well-connected have avoided paying trillions in dollars in taxes. The rest of us cover the difference. Or, more commonly, can't. <clears throat> Leaving te treasuries uh, bereft of money needed to build rolled schools and tackle existential threats like climate change and global pandemics. So basically they're ripping us all off until we die. Tax havens make all this possible. By some estimates, about 10% of a total output of all economies in the world is parked in offshore financial centres held by shell companies that exist on paper. The cost to governments in lost revenue is estimated to exceed $800 billion a year. The wealthy keep the money to build intergenerational fortunes, create new global aristocratic class, and exacerbating the division between the global haves and the global have-nots. Multinational companies use extra cash to reward shareholders and edge out similar competitors. Countries that need tax revenue, the most lost tax money, percentage of GDP, blah, blah, blah. years after the Pan Panama Papers, and the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, which is the ICIJ, whose website we're on, remains committed to exposing those who exploit tax havens. A long list that also includes corrupt, corrupt politicians, 
mobsters, drugs traffickers and other criminals who launder cash and assets through offshore companies and throw law enforcement off the scent. The easy way of moving illicit money destabilises governments and helps despots stay in power. Yeah, so basically they're ripping us off by moving their money from the UK to fictional companies or fictional branches of their companies that they establish overseas where the tax laws are lax or they don't pay any tax and then they basically put all their money over there. They say like, oh, well, most of our stuff is made from this place so all the money from that stuff that's been sold goes to that place because it doesn't get taxed where it's sold, it gets taxed where the company's based. Um, And it is an atrocity. Billions of pounds lost... Less healthcare, less schools, less provisions for everyone. So, yeah, there we go. That's kind of how wealth works. Um, I kind of enjoyed looking into that. There's some things I didn't want to know. That I didn't want to know. Uh, some things I didn't know at all. Um, hope you managed to stay awake till the end of it. That was a, quite a long, convoluted one, that. Which, but, you know, was actually good fun. Found out quite a lot of stuff. Only 160 grand a year to be in the top 1% of UK earners. That's just ridiculous. Hmm amazing but uh yeah good fun a lot of stuff to know there a lot of stuff we found out about how the rich stay rich and manage their wealth and all that kind of thing um yeah thanks a lot uh keep checking us out on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts from and but from this episode of man versus reality thanks very much i've been jay and i shall see you very soon